This podcast is a publication of the Engineering Management Institute, where we are committed to building professional development systems, including project management and people leadership programs that support the growth of engineers and their firms. Download our AE Industry Trends Report for insights on the great resignation, remote work productivity, and people-centric cultures. To get your copy, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. I'm thrilled to have a remarkable guest with us today, Donnell Duncan. Donnell is an accomplished author, captivating speaker, and associate vice president at Arcadis, specializing in structural engineering. Donnell will shed some light on the challenges and opportunities that engineers encounter in our rapidly evolving marketplace and provide some great strategies that you can use to adapt to these changes. I'm your host, Chef Perry. I'm the founder of More Than Engineering. That's morethaneng.com. And this is the Engineering Career Coach Podcast brought to you by EMI, the first podcast dedicated to helping engineers and technical professionals with both their personal and professional development. Now let's jump right in. Now I'm excited to jump into the main segment of our episode. Today I have the pleasure to have with me Donnell Duncan. Donnell is an Associate Vice President of Arcadis, and he's the author of the book, A New Mindskin. Donnell, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Jeff. It is a privilege indeed. I'd love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners. Tell us about you. What does life look like on a daily basis? What are the things that are exciting you these days? All right, so I'll tell you about my life. I have a nine to five and I have a five to nine. So my nine to five is I am a structural engineer. I lead our structural engineering practice for resilience water at Arcadis for the South region. So that goes from DC down to Puerto Rico. And on the left, we go to about Arkansas, Kansas. So all the states covered there. So I have a really good team of amazing structural engineers that I handpicked so I know I'm really excited about them. And for my five to nine, I'm a pastor. I saw I'm done with this interview. I'm heading off to church Sunday morning. I'm, I'm preaching Sunday afternoons. I got stuff going on during the week, a lot of things going on. So I got my nine to five and my five to nine. So in a compressed way, that's my life. We've mostly focusing on the engineering and, and engineering leadership side of life here, but as an engineer, an experienced engineer, there are a lot of challenges that engineers are facing these days as technologies are changing, infrastructure, there's always policies and environmental and, and market impacts and other things. What are you seeing as a leader who's been in the industry for a while, some of the challenges that engineering professionals are facing in today's crazy, rapidly changing marketplace? I'll give you a couple. So it depends on your perspective. So if you are in leadership, one of the biggest challenges we've been facing is the hot job market. It's really a challenge because there are so many talented engineers that are looking for big opportunities to move up the food chain, which means you have to, as an employer, now be on your P's and Q's and be on your toes to because you're being interviewed now because they have options. And it's changed the game because you know, we don't have the leverage we used to have as employers because the market is hot enough that employees can make decisions based on what they want. And you have to be very considerate of the needs of your employees. You have to really implement principles of diversity, equity, and inclusion 
belonging, things that you may have ignored previously because you had a big enough paycheck to say, well, you're going to be all right. I'm paying you. Now it's, I need to know that you're okay because you can go somewhere else and somebody will pay you. So that's pretty important from a high level perspective. The other thing that's happening is because of that job market, you have to pay people more, but that doesn't mean your clients are paying you more. So there's a compression on the rates that we can charge for our work compared to the rates that we have to pay our employees to do the work. So as consultants, that margin is getting tighter in terms of how much we can actually generate from our projects. So sometimes we feel like Amazon with a very, very tight margin. And now we got to probably get more volume if you're going to try to compensate for the tight margins. So I think that's important. Now, another thing I'll tell you is there's a bigger need for non-technical skills. We really emphasized in school the practical skills for many years and the market's changing. We need engineers who could communicate. We need engineers who could write. We need engineers who can express themselves in ways that are beyond their technical skills. We need engineers who understand business, who understand people, who understand psychology, who can sell. Like there's so much more to being an engineer now than being good at math and physics and other technical dimensions. So that's just a, a high level description of what's happening. Yeah, engineers have to wear a lot more hats these days than they used to, right? It's not just like, here's your design or analysis task, go do it and then give it back to us. There's a lot more to understand the context, put it all together and also across disciplines too, because so many disciplines are merging. You're talking about some of these challenges for the employees and the employers as employers need to differentiate themselves, not just how they pay people, but how they treat people. And you made some great points about that. Now, Donnell, I'm really curious about this because you're an engineer, engineering leader, you're a pastor, and you're an author. Let's talk about your book, A New Mind, Skin, Innovation, Creativity, and Strategic Thinking for the Marketplace. Tell us about your inspiration for the book, what made you want to write it, and what are the main principles that relate to dealing with some of these challenges that we were just talking about? It actually came out of the COVID-19 pandemic. So in the midst of the pandemic, there was so much changing. Our jobs were changing. Our life was changing. The way the business environment we were in was changing. Things were just not the same anymore. And during that experience, I realized, especially people who have a linear type of thinking or people who have tendency to love comfort and stability and consistency, it became very uncomfortable to handle all these changing uh, circumstances around us. And this book was about teaching people how to be flexible in their thinking. So a new mind skin is a compression of two thoughts. Thought number one, a new mindset. And thought number two, a new wine skin. And obviously that wine skin story comes from the Bible, which is the five to nine of my life, and the mindset comes from my nine to five. So it's a compression of understanding that these new ideas, these new ways of thinking won't work if we're not willing to have a flexible approach, if we're not willing to handle change better, if we're not willing to open our minds and be okay with things not being the way they used to be, because there's so much of us that we would love to go back to. So I can't wait to go back to 2019. I just want to do it the way we used to do it. Well, it's over. And we're never going back. And I think it really was 
written for those who understood that changes are taking place and how can you adjust to those changes. And I really wanted to focus on how to be successful as an individual who's going through all of these changes. So I threw out a couple of thoughts there about transferable skills, understanding that if you're working one place and something changes in your business environment, you got to be able to pick up and find a way to be successful on the other side, tactical versus strategic thinking, understanding how to think the way you should, things like elevation by association, understanding that it can't just be you and it can't just be your capabilities. It's your network that's going to help you through a changing environment like this, sharpening the axe, understanding your skill set, the way it is, may not be good enough for where the industries are going. So what are you doing to sharpen the axe? Reinventing yourself. The person you were in 2019 may not help you in 2023 because where you are may not necessarily align with where you were in 2019. So how have I changed? How have I reinvented myself? Things like building your personal brand and all these important ideas that if you were not conscious to do those things, you could have felt left behind because things have changed. Our environment has changed. Our work environment has changed. The country has changed. Whatever industry you're in has changed. And if you didn't change, you're going to be left behind. We were talking about this earlier, some of the skills that people need to have to think outside of their typical engineering analysis and design roles. And the other thing I see a lot is that engineers are shifting roles, responsibilities, sometimes industries too, but they're still bringing skills with them. So what do you see as some of the transferable skills that engineers need to build and grow no matter what, so that they can adjust and adapt and and navigate some of these different industries that are happening and, and stay competitive? Because or not, analytical skills transfer across industries. You may think you apply your analytical skills to your particular engineering practice, but the truth is any analytical thinker can apply that approach to anything. What's amazing is that I have learned how to be a structural engineer and use my approach to structural engineering for anything that I do now. So I once did an entire message at church on building the church. And I talked about winds of doctrine using wind loads. I talked about the shaking that will take place like it's an earthquake. I talked about the deep foundations like Jesus being the foundation we build things on. I just transferred my entire regular nine to five into a five to nine. And it didn't even take work because I just realized you can be who you are in any environment because you as a human being have innate capabilities that you just need to learn how to adjust and apply. So when I entered into uh, the business arena of our organizations, I went in as an engineer. And when I got there, yes, there were adjustments I had to make and things I had to learn because now I was dealing with people and I was dealing with clients. But that same approach to how we would structure our calculations and structure our approach to designing something I brought into structuring my approach to building the business, to building the client portfolio, to understanding how to manage the account. Because at the end of the day, it's some of the same things. It's just different in terms of the application, but the core principles are the same. Principles of integrity, things that come into being a professional engineer, 
Those are core principles that we use every day that are transferable. So instant practical skills as well as our, um, and I don't, we don't like to use soft skills anymore, non-technical skills that we use every day that we can transfer regardless of where the opportunity is to apply them. There are these different levels of thinking as we approach challenges and opportunities and scopes of problems that we're solving. And sometimes we might separate them into tactical thinking and strategic thinking. And they take different approaches. When we're thinking tactically, these are the things I need to get done and how to do that efficiently, right? So thinking strategically, what needs to get done and why, and how is that going to impact other things? So let's talk mostly about the strategic thinking aspect, because I think it's probably the one that gets more neglected for engineers. How do you think engineers can work to develop that strategic thinking approach to really make these smart decisions and think long-term towards their careers and the businesses they're built. So I'll start with the easiest part of it. The earlier you get involved in a project, the higher the level of thinking specific to that project. What do I mean? If you're there just at the point where it's time to start designing the project, you're going to be at the stage where it's time to implement the plan, giving yourself the opportunity to see things earlier on in the process allows you to begin to see the strategy behind what's happening. And that's a really easy entry point for someone who's not naturally a strategic thinker, because there's somebody who's a strategic thinker in your organization, which is the reason why you have products to work on. You see what I'm saying? So the earlier you are in a conversation that got to the point where you're typically involved, the higher the level of strategy. So you keep following that rope back to the, the hand that's holding it on the other end, and you're going to actually get opportunities to have conversations that you typically wouldn't have that would change your thinking. The next thing I realized is I never used to ask why or care much about the big picture on my products. I mean, most of my career has been tactical. Because I'm just like, it doesn't matter. Does it change my numbers? No. Then why should I know the rest of the story? Who cares? You know, let me do the part that matters to me. And that narrow thinking, I mean, really limited my career. Because it's only when I realized the further back I step, the better I could do my job. Because now I understand the why. Why are they bugging me about making that beam smaller? And I'm like, it doesn't matter. I want 20% more capacity. You all don't understand. I'm structuring today. But it don't make it start. And I was like, I don't understand what's wrong with you. You know what I'm saying? And they're like, step back, step back, then step back more. And now you begin to change the way you even approach design. I remember I had an opportunity to actually work from the perspective of the contractor for several years of my career. That changed my entire perspective on being a structural engineer. Because now I'm seeing it from the person who's building it. And I'm like, that's what we do? I'm going to change the way we do things. Because now I realize what it's like when somebody gets the, the end result of the, the work we do. So I think it's a challenge. And I call it being a divergent thinker versus a convergent thinker, where you're thinking big and you're coming out of your comfort zone. And I use this joke, a good engineer is typically the person who's the best at coloring between lines. So you can tell an amazing engineer because that person was able to color between the lines perfectly. And what happens is the miniature removed lines we get very uncomfortable because we don't know what to do. Like, okay, what are my boundaries? Well, you don't have the boundaries. What do you mean I don't have the boundaries? There are always boundaries. 
okay, I just need you just for this moment, just presume what would you do if you didn't have the boundaries? Oh, that's uncomfortable, which is true because we've been taught our entire career. There are these codes, there are standards, there are rules, and you better meet them. And it limits our ability to be creative. And it's funny, one of the ways you can engage your creative side and become more strategic is come outside of your little circle. So if I'm a structural engineer and I'm always around structural engineers, making sure I'm engaging with people from other disciplines, people from other areas, people from other industries, pulls out of me other ways of thinking that helps me to start approaching the things that I do differently. So I have to come out of my little circle and start engaging with other people outside of my little circle. And it really helps you to think differently because your interaction with people who are not like you helps you to now see things from a different perspective. There are simple things you do, especially, as I said, if you are someone who's been in a convergent thinking space, who's been a tactical person, you know, most of your life and it's helped you be successful. And now somebody's saying, well, you need to think bigger. You need to come out the box. You're like, but I've always lived in the box. It's uncomfortable inside the box. And I always have this saying that I learned during the pandemic and it really changed my life. And it says, there's no growth in the comfort zone and no comfort in the growth zone. So if I'm trying to get out of this comfort zone I'm in, I got to understand, hey, that's the way to growth. And if I'm somebody who wants to stay in the comfort zone, I got to know there is no growth. You're going to stay right there. And if you like it, cool. But if you're trying to go beyond that, you got to be willing to be uncomfortable. And for somebody who's always been tactical, stepping back and getting off the dance floor and getting into the balcony and looking down is going to be uncomfortable, but you have to do it. We've talked about a lot of principles of moving through these changes, adapting a new mindset, mind skin. One of the things you mentioned earlier is this idea of kind of branding ourselves a little bit more in our professional work. And engineers, it's probably not something that they think about a whole lot. I'm just, a lot that I talk to, you kind of want the work to speak for itself. But whether we like it or not, there's this idea of personal branding that who we are and how we come off to people has an impact on what others think of us and the opportunities that we receive, right? So what do you see as opportunities or advice you might give for engineers who identify, okay, I need to do this personal branding thing, but what do I actually do? It took me a decade to realize that just being good at what you do and being honest and hoping merit is going to get you somewhere doesn't always work. And it's one of the most frustrating things to ever experience when you know you worked hard, you did what you're supposed to do, and you're like, man, I'm not getting the opportunities that I thought I would get. The minute I realized that, I changed my approach completely because I realized me sitting down in a cubicle cracking out work is not going to do anything for me unless the person who's seeing what I'm doing makes an effort to make sure I'm getting recognized because most people do not see what you're doing. And the issue is many times for most of us who are engineers, the people who actually see the work we're doing is a very short list of people. And if they are not advocating for us, you're going to be stuck because nobody else really knows your value. They can't see what you're doing. So this is where my tire was about to change. So in my book, I was very intentional to heavily focus on that. I have at least two chapters only on your personal brand because I understood how it changes your life. So the thing you have to do is know your industry. Whatever industry you're in, you need to understand the industry, big picture. I'm a structural engineer, but I'm a structural engineer in the water, wastewater industry. 
So I have been intentional to understand the water wastewater industry, which is different from commercial, which is different from home building. And you need to know your industry. The second thing is you have to then leverage current and future industry trends. Where is the industry going? And you got to understand that. Where's the industry right now? What's happening? And once you see those trends, you have to know what potential roles you can play in this industry moving forward, because that's very important. So once I know my industry, I can see where my industry is going. I'm listening to podcasts, I'm going to conferences, I'm reading publications. I used to throw away all the magazines. I would get magazines from all the different industrial organizations. I was like, oh, time for this. That's not billable time. That's not billable time. And then I realized this is how I understand where my industry is going. And once I know what kind of roles I can play in where the industry is going, the next thing you do is you have to target appropriate qualifications. What qualifications do I need to help me be best positioned for where this industry is going? So what kind of trainings should I be getting and what matters? So obviously, as a structural engineer, having your PE is important, but having your SE is even more important. It's important for those of us in the field to know, hey, the industry is going in a particular direction. You better get that SE. You better know that's going to really change your life. The other thing is you got to target appropriate experience and skills. What does that mean? When you're uh, seeing your industry go in a particular direction, you have to know, do I have the skills for where this industry is going? And do I have the experience for where the industry is going? Because all of this is going to factor into your brand. People are going to recognize you based on what you can do, what you have done, what your quals are, and you have to align all of this strategically with the rules that make sense based on where the industry is going. So what do I mean? Because I understand where my industry is going, because I know the trends, because I could tell based on conversations with leaders from around the country, this is where things are going. I position myself and leverage myself as a thought leader in those specific areas early. If it means taking a course, if it means whatever, if it means taking advantage of opportunities to work on specific types of projects and gathering certain trainings, because I know two years from now, three years from now, four years from now, that's going to be the hottest thing. And I need to be the guy when that happens. By the time everybody knows what's happening and you're scrambling to try to catch up, it's too late. And that's just the first five. I have another five steps to building your post on brand in the book also. I can go on and on about that because that's one of my favorite topics. Yeah, it's interesting. You're talking about the industry and building those skills. And then somehow you need to communicate that with people, right? If they don't see that or people aren't directly working with you, I like to say sometimes like, hey, your close family, your close friends, maybe those who you really closely work with, they know you, they understand you because they see that. But anyone else who you're trying to convince, like if you're trying to get a new job, or get a promotion and the bosses up above aren't integrated and working with you all the time, you need to find a way to effectively communicate the value and the skills that you've been building. Otherwise, they don't know. So it's your job to tell them and communicate. Otherwise, they don't know. And that happens not just in a moment, but over time in different avenues. And the funny thing is, Jeff, you bled right into the other steps. Because step six is you got to get appropriate industry exposure. Because one of the things that many of us have done is we have given way too much emphasis to our direct supervisor. What does that mean? If your direct supervisor is the only person that fully appreciates and understands what you do, 
you're trusting that one person to sell your career to the entire organization. If that person does not sell your career to the entire organization, there is not another soul that fully understands what you do and how valuable you are, which means you're putting all of your eggs in the basket of one individual that you're trusting your entire career with. You need to sell me because you're the only person who knows me. That is a risk that some engineers have been taking that we probably should not take. Yeah, and I've talked to multiple engineers and engineering leaders who have done that. And then what happens sometimes is that leader goes somewhere else and now you don't have that champion and that advocate for you anymore. And what do you do? Like maybe sometimes they'll like, hey, I loved you. Like maybe you'll want to come join me over here. Sometimes, not all the time. If you want to stick around because this is where you want to be, but now you don't have that champion. It makes it so much harder to rebuild that. And so we need to spread that influence and that exposure like you're talking about. So very good. Donnell, this has been such a fun conversation. But at this point, we're going to transition over to our Take Action Today segment where we'll come back and get one final piece of actionable advice from you for our listeners. We'll be right back. Now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show. Donnell, we've talked about a lot of different topics from moving through change to personal branding and doing things differently and everything. But for a lot of engineers where they're trying to say, hey, I have these goals. I'm ambitious. I want to achieve a lot. I'm not sure what the right next step is to take. What advice would you share with them to get clarity on that so that they can chart that path starting today? Good question. I would always begin with being introspective. I'm pulling this right out of chapter 22 of my book, A New Mind Skin, a chapter called Know Who You Are Not. It's important for you to know who you are, know who you are not, know what you can do and what you can't do, and then be strategic to position yourself in places where you can be successful. In other words, you could be sitting on so many opportunities just because you're not leveraging your true capabilities you're not doing things that match your skills. So what do I mean by that? So I'm a structural engineer, and I spent most of my career just sitting on running numbers. But I'm a communicator, and I'm a people person, and I'm a writer. I do a lot of other things that I was not leveraging, and I didn't realize, hey, I could use that. It will open so many doors for me, and that's exactly what I did. Once I recognized, hey, there's more to me than this clackety clack, clack, clack in this cubicle here. Let me go ahead and leverage who I am. So I think take the time to look at yourself in the mirror and be honest with yourself. Who am I? And who am I not? Take yourself out of situations where you shouldn't be. It's just part of being a professional engineer. We have integrity. As one of our core principles, you don't practice in an area that you don't have the skills because you can make very big mistakes in the same way. You don't put yourself in areas where you're not strong. Because you can set yourself up for failure. So how are you making adjustments to your life coming out of this podcast, coming out of this conversation to say, I'm going to put myself where I'm strong, where I have capabilities, where I may have talents, and where I can have the most impact and bring the best value to my organization, to my family, to the world. So spend a moment, get introspective, identify those strengths that you can leverage, and really lean into them 
and see what happens. Donnell, this has been such a fun conversation, and I would love to chat again. For those who are interested to connect with you, learn more about your book or other things you're up to, where would you point them? I'll give you two quick ways to find everything. Go to Google on your mind skin. You're going to find it. Number one. Number two, find me on LinkedIn. Just look up my name, Donald Duncan. Add me on LinkedIn. You're going to see a lot of stuff there. I actually have a column that I'm doing right now on LinkedIn. That's a new mind skin leadership superpowers. And I am on leadership superpower 31 this week. Go ahead and join my LinkedIn and be a part of the conversation. Danielle, such a pleasure to talk with you. Wish you nothing but continued success with you. Continue forward and hope to stay in touch. Thanks so much. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. We would love to hear your feedback, comments, and questions. You can go to engineeringmanagementinstitute.org where you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in the episode as well as links to any of the resources or websites that we mentioned in the episode. And don't forget to check out any upcoming live webinars this month at the website as well. Additionally, for any engineers who feel like they need extra help taking the next career step or finding clarity in their careers, I've created some free training resources with an opportunity to join a more intensive program called the Engineering Career Accelerator. You can find more information at engineeringcareeraccelerator.com or you can go grab my career clarity checklist found at www.engineeringcareeraccelerator.com slash career clarity. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your engineering endeavors. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to download the latest version of our AE Industry Trends Report to get answers to the questions that you want to ask your staff, but you may be afraid to do so. How long will the great resignation last? How long should you allow employees to work remotely? And how are successful firms using data to grow sustainably for the long term? You can learn the answers to these questions and more by downloading the report at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org.